to enter a nexus of science, violence, and nonsense. Where fake news, pseudoscience, and weaponized stupidity meet full contact fact-checking and peer-reviewed ass-kicking. And as always, no bullshit allowed. Recorded live at Bullshito headquarters in Austin, Texas, this is the Art of Fighting BS podcast. You are fake news. Come on, man. Science is interesting. If you don't agree, you can fuck off. Let's do this. Hey everyone, this is Frost, and we are doing a different kind of episode this time. It is a version of our live chat that we do periodically with some of the members of the forums. This one covers a whole range of topics, and we have from our forums, C. Gordon and Beaker, if I remember correctly, maybe one or two more people drop in. But we're, di- we're discussing, like, whatever comes to mind. Uh, it literally starts off with <laughs> one of the dudes uh, trying to bring in a potato crop because a, a bad storm's coming in. So, uh, and then it just spirals into whatever. Uh, we touch on masculinity and which words you can and can't say, cancel culture, pretty much everything that's going on in the in the zeitgeist these days. So, uh, yeah, check it out, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. If not, I, I, I don't care. I, I don't know why you're listening to this if you don't enjoy it. Is, is it because you hate me? Uh, I mean, why? It's such a waste of time. Man. Seriously, dude. Do you need a friend? Call me. Holy shit! Look at him go, man. We're live streaming potato farming. Um, didn't know. Outstanding. Didn't think that's how this was gonna go, but I guess, you know, whatever. <laughs> I, I guarantee we're the only live potato stream on Twitch right now. Nice. Hashtag potato. Um, usually that's not a good thing. The potato hashtag. People what hey, I have no idea. I'm not up on all the young kid stuff. Bad hashtags and well, all that. Well, well, see, potato is a very not so subtle way of calling somebody the R word that you can't get away with because. And it goes back, I'm going to actually get into the, the history of this. It goes back to an old, old meme before they were using the term meme to describe memes. It was like, um, I can, it was basically the caption was, I can count to potato. So, and now it's just a synonym for somebody who has a cognitive impairment or perhaps a non-disjunction. Oh, oh, that, oh, that, oh, yeah, no idea. Yeah, that R word. Like- um are there other R words? I can't think of any, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, maybe a, a, a tri- <laughs> trisomy on the 21st chromosome kind of situation. So. Yeah, I have cognitive impairment from head injury, so you know how that is. Well, yep. Yeah, uh, we're, we're thinking more genetic, but you know, whatever. Uh, Just talking. About- <laughs> uh, yeah, I-, I actually don't don't use the R word anymore. A friend of mine is. Uh, you know, she has her doctoral degree in that that domain, and she, and she like gave me gave me the uh, the business one time for using it, so I stopped using it. I agree. I, I am trying to to stop using it, and I mean it's it's really not even good to use potato instead of it because you're still it's still the same concept. Um, yeah. 
still. What the hell? So, but yeah, I mean, the the idea behind that, though, um, there's some criticism of the fact that we keep evolving new terms, new euphemisms yeah. to uh, to say what we really mean uh, without offending people. And uh, it was Steven Pinker that came up with it. It's a, the euphemism treadmill. And basically, it just keeps going. It's like it went from and, and his, his example is it went from what was it cripple to handicapped to disabled and there was an attempt to change it more recently to differently abled, and so that that didn't that didn't stick because oh, I've heard that. Yeah, there's a there's a bit of a pushback on that, and so I, I don't know what the current you know nice way of saying crippled so is. So homosexual, gay, or queer, or what? What's the right term to use? Uh, well, actually, queer is okay. Uh, it's it's a thing. I don't know the parameters of it, but you can't use it as an insult. So. You're, you're not, yeah, you don't say, oh, you are a, but somebody who can say I am. So a, right, I've seen that. yeah, cause that's the Q in the LGBT. And I mean, right, right. we're all, we're all earnest and well-meaning dudes, but most of us aren't hip to the lingo. And so we're going to, we're going to fuck that up. Um, I mean, even though we try, <laughs> So I mean, well, hopefully we cut some slack. And then there, there's some things that I'm sure you know, guys in our generations are going to push back on, uh, just because either a we don't get it or b it's kind of a little bit too far. I was literally just on Twitter and I saw an article. Um, I have no idea how to pronounce this because I mean we're going to do this audio. Is a uh, it was spelled Filipinos, Filipinas, but it had an X in place of the A or the O to denote gender. I was like, how would you even try to pronounce that? And there, there's a, it actually spawned a, a thread of people saying, uh, well, we will, uh, oh, it's Philippinexes. And I'm like, okay, that's a mythical creature. Um, so I, I don't, Philippinexes. Ph- um, we'll see then, then we're back at gender. So, or, or not. Fuck. Spanish is a gender language. Yes. So, yeah. And they speak Spanish and Chinese and whatever, Tagalog and everything. So yeah. if you say Latino or Latina, it's like, that's not, that's just the language. That's not, I mean, the, the, maybe they should get rid of all of that and just everybody be, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> now the irony is, and it's not exactly a, a representative example, but every Latin person I know is like, when, when I introduce it to them, they're, they're like, what the fuck? Or, you know, I don't, Kayla fuck, basically. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> now there's some well-meaning people know. pushing it. Ugh. Oh, there's a chicken. Woo-hoo! Look, chickens. Sorry, I had to tell my three-legged dog to stop eating herself. <laughs> nice. The never-ending battle of wills and wits. First time ever on a bullshit o whatever <laughs> yeah. this is. Chicken. A chicken. See chickens. Let's, Let's see if I, I can swap over to the So we're we're doing a chicken stream. That's the, the topic. Potatoes, chickens, and not dropping the R bomb. So Frost, you're very oh, interested in the, yeah, social, yeah. the social dynamic stuff. This is like something you're intensely interested in. I I actually one of my degrees is in social psychology, so yeah, and before you laugh, yes, I know. I I know. Replication crisis. Um, yeah. Yes, yes, we're 
we're we're here. Uh, so <laughs> the the entire field is like right now. It's but I I am more a fan of what is now basically a defunct discipline, which is sociobiology. Uh, EO oh, I love sociobiology. My dad loves sociobiology too. Like I was raised on that stuff. Yeah, it got aquatic ape and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, well, I, I, you know, I actually have. I've, I'm familiar with the term. I, I don't know how much evidence has supported that, but it's interesting as hell. I mean, yeah, yeah. it does seem like something that would end up on on Rogan's uh, radar, but it, <laughs> I mean, uh, it's it's possible. Uh, but yeah, no, no. The, the the idea that you know how just to study how biology interacts with society but um anybody who's read uh steven pinker's book on damn did i just mention pinker again yeah um on uh the blank well, slate you got a man crush on him dude we get it yeah yeah yeah. so but the no so he, the eo wilson was one of the the heavyweights for sociobiology but he got dragged by one of the earliest uh cancel culture mobs that that we know of uh, probably a great example of that as a whole troop of uh, mean girl academics that went through and tried to just run the discipline out because they didn't like the idea that biology determined anything to do with society. They thought it was just all constructed, you know, and uh, everybody could change their behavior. And if you just nudge the right things and you know, there was nothing innate about people that made them good or bad. But, and, and then it was a whole host of ideas based in good faith as I, as I understand it, but that, you know, the guys just didn't want, to have anything adjacent because they were, they were coming out of all these academics were coming out of uh, world war two and the freaking Nazis. So they wanted to distance themselves from anything related to eugenics and the idea that, you know, man has an inherent nature that is maybe good or evil or, you know, capable of doing all the Nazi shit. Uh, but right. that the, you can't, you can't study shit that way. You have to admit, Hey man, this, this shit's real. Okay, then what are we going to do about it? Not, let's just pretend it's not real. So we're, you know, so damn. I mean, that's. Well, you raise an interesting point because there was a poster on the forums and he, uh, you know, raised the, the Spock needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Now, <laughs> my own discipline, we're very concerned with utilitarianism, you know, because yes. that's how computers thinks and insurance companies thinks and all that stuff. So it's useful. But we when we talk about it and we try to teach it in academic environments, we're, we should, and we usually are quick to point out, um, there's some ethical problems there, you know, because it's utilitarianism. That's the same type of thing that justifies eugenics. There's dark, there's dark use cases to it too, you know? Yes. Yeah. I mean, a uh, cold utilitarianism just like is devoid of humanity. And then, then you get into exactly to Kantian sort of deontology where, and I'm, I'm pun- kind of punching above my weight here, uh, with that. I mean, I, I did take bioethics, but I mean, fuck, um, that, um, you know the, the the allegory of the the murderer uh, coming to your front door and do you lie to him? So uh, an action is right irrespective of the consequences. It, it's right because it, you reason it to be right through a, a set of you know concepts and shit. So um, but I I don't, I don't know. I I think the, the criticism of utilitarianism in that sense would be something along the lines of you can't foresee all possible outcomes. So, yes, you can measure the rightness or wrongness of an action after the fact, but if you make you can't make decisions after the fact because time doesn't work that way. So, I mean, causation works A to B to C all the way to the end of the alphabet. It doesn't work C to A. So, it times an arrow. 
Uh, you can't back it up. Wonder, and I'm purely speculating. This is pure horseshit on my part, but maybe there's something to it. You see how like BKR is doing the potato bit, and I'm a country mouse as well. I don't live in the city, and there's a reason I don't live in the city. You do live in a city. I wonder if you're intensely interested in humans because if you're a country mouse, you place weight on the universe as the ultimate killer. If you're in the city and urban environments, perhaps um, the presence of humans almost begins to emulate the, the weight of nature. But that's why I think I'm not so concerned with the social dynamics as you are. Like BKR, I'm just like, the universe is not the, if not the enemy, it represents death and we accept that, you know. Um, perhaps if you're in an urban environment, um, the, the sheer f amount, the frequency of humans begins to emulate nature or the gods. I, I kind of, I, I see where you're going with that, with that. And I think, yeah, I mean, it's also, if you look at everything through a lens of self-defense and just being ready for shit to go down, where, where I am, if shit goes down, it's going to involve people. I mean, where he is, if shit goes down, it's more than likely going to involve nature. And so in my situation, nature would be my ally because I'll fuck off into the woods and be away from people. But in his situation, people would be his allies because they're more likely to band together to survive all that shit because that's just exactly. how human beings work. You know, when, when there's a few of us and the conditions are harsh, we do the right thing, most of us. Yeah, on a similar note, some some uh, scientists are very concerned with cosmology, the Big Bang, those mathematics, that physics, just like some theologians are very concerned with the beginning of the universe. For me, I can't fry my eggs with it. It's not interesting to me, but, I mean, good for them. Yeah. And that that makes me uh, that makes me remember there's a uh, principle of science. It's not even science. It's like it goes back to, you know, the, the various different razors. I wrote, wrote a little uh, article on this a while back, but uh, it Occam's razor, you can, you know, the most parsimonious explanation. Don't make things more complicated than, than they need to be. But this guy came up with Newton's flaming laser sword. Basically, he didn't want to get sued for trademark infringement on a lightsaber. But it's like, if you can't test it, I don't give a shit. If you can't do an experiment on it, well, who cares? So that's pretty much me. Yeah, that's where I live. It's like the the stimmiest stem approach to everything. It's like, oh, can can I manipulate it and see if it if it works? Or are we just we just shooting the shit here? Can we still have this conversation high on drugs and it have the same effect on whether or not shit changes in the in the universe? So, so on a similar note, so you can understand what my biases are and you can better ridicule me. <laughs> when we look at things like polls and surveys and all that stuff, my my fear and my reluctance and my skepticism is based on when we extrapolate the aggregates or averages back to individual cases, we can never almost never pr reliably predict the behavior or the thoughts of an individual from those averages. Averages are very, very deceptive. Yeah. No, I, I mean, yeah, I, it's, I think in that case, what you would want to do is just accept that you're not going to like, you're, nobody's going to be Harry Seldon here. You know, we're, we're, we're not capable of that as a species. Maybe someday the, the right kid with the right, you know, neuro issue will pop up that can successfully look at data and predict the entire course of humanity. Uh, you know, Harry Seldon from the, the foundation series. I, I'm maybe I'm yeah. out. My I read, I read all of those. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think the problem is if people expect science and science gets sold as this solve all the problems and know all the answers, which as scientists, we three, three know that that's bullshit. Hmm. So, yeah. So my yeah. other concern is when we give this this type of study. Well, I don't know. 
Yeah. My other concern is when we give this this type of um, research or interest, um, the weight of expert testimony in courts. We already know we have massive problems with innocent people being prosecuted. But geez, the bitterness where like a horoscope or tea leaf reading that may have been horribly, horribly wrong. Well, that's the reason you're in the can. That's horrible. Yeah, no. I mean, minority reports, you know, that well, kind of thing. When you bring the law into it, I it, that gives me a headache because um, everything I know about how science just science interacts with the law and how there they can. I mean, because there's been people that have been convicted based on retracted now retracted research that it has either right. it's either been retracted or non-validated or disproven or just we've moved past that and so i i think the only way to, to reconcile that with somebody that actually gives a shit about not having individual or innocent people convicted is to you have to ex admit that we're doing our best out here and Obviously, when the law gets involved, that's not the case because the law is a social, uh, it's, it's a social, well, a concert, it's a social existence. It's a, it's a framework of everybody with their own little agendas pushing back and this and that. And very few of those people are dedicated to understanding like objective reality. They just want to win the damn court case. And maybe well, here's how, con go I'm sorry. No, go, go ahead. Here's how confused I am. I mean. I, I cannot say with any certainty whether or not that I'm not just, and you and all the rest of us, but certainly me, I, I can only speak to me, just a combination of chemical, electrical um, variables with values in them. So determinism, free will, I cannot say for certainty that, that I even have consciousness. I'm just an electrical chemical bag. Therefore, um, I'm a little bit concerned about saying that I or anybody else can understand anybody else's chemical bag. <laughs> You know, there's a who was it that made that point? Um, I want to credit Sam Harris just because I, I a lot of his stuff on consciousness is floating around in my head. But um, it, it remember Charles Whitman, uh, the guy that climbed. Well, Texans know Charles Whitman. He's the guy that climbed up the uh, UT uh, oh, clock tower yeah. and started sniping people. Well, yeah, I mean, sad. that's bad, right? Yes, we all agree that that's bad. But uh, it turns out uh, on autopsy of the dude, he had a giant like mass in his brain that was impairing his um, his ability to his impulse control and such like that. So at, at some point we have to it's a it's a really uncomfortable conversation that we're nowhere near to have as a society. But whether or not there's actual free will and to what extent we're responsible for our actions. Now, if it, if it comes down to that, yeah, the whole system's going to collapse if nobody's responsible for the actions. So, so I have some colleagues that I share an office with um, at the university, and they're you know multi-decade. They were former police chiefs, and they you know you know they have their own ideas about these things, and I respect them greatly. But this is where we argue. I have no doubt you could take a physical, chemical, or electrical trauma to certain uh, blood flow areas in the brain. And Mother Teresa turns into a monster. Me too, you too. So, I mean, like... Yeah, no, they've, they've, they've done studies. You know, uh, the prefrontal cortex. Uh, it works on inhibition, uh, impulse control, and stuff like that. You know, you bang somebody in the head enough, I mean, in a very crude sort of way, it, they don't do it. I mean, um, they used to do the stick, the, jam the ice pick up under the eyelid to change your behavior. It's, we're biological. Yeah, standard of care for housewives depressed because their husbands were cheating on them before lithium medications. <laughs> yeah, that's... Well, I mean, 
it almost makes you sympathize with the point that, you know, uh, Quackenstein himself, L. Ron Hubbard, was making about psychiatry back in the 60s. Because, yeah, I mean, you might as well make up a story about a fucking volcano, uh, like 747 aliens and shit. Because, uh, I mean, close enough. I mean, if it, if it hurts fewer people. So, but then again, you know, he just did it to get rich. So I'm all for shamans. I'm all for theolo- you know, pastoral counselors, theologians. I'm all for psychologists and psychiatrists. I'm all for fortune tellers. The only thing I'm suggesting is those are, are potentially useful frameworks that depend on the art or skill of the practitioner. Yep. No, and also not even just the art and skill, because you can be artful and skillful and be an asshole that's just pushing your own agenda for your own, you know, improvement, betterment, whatever. So I, I think the if we're going to address every problem in the entire world simultaneously, what we would want to do is do something like figure out why people do shitty things and adjust it, adjust the incentives. Because if everyone was just earnest, if, if for somehow you could, if, if you could snap your fingers and make it so that people gave a shit about the truth more than they gave a shit about, I don't know, their own position in society or their status or their wealth or this or that, we'd, we'd be fine. You know, I can believe you, yeah. you can believe me. Let's let's just get a little more simpler here. This is a russet Burbank potato. <laughs> See, this is dead. This me, is almost as big as someone something that I won't mention live, but not quite. Somebody that we know. You're talking about sub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was supposed yeah, so to be on- here. On a, you know, kind of a related tangent, there was a gentleman on the uh, Bullshito Facebook page, mm. and the gentleman made the point, the research suggests that anti-vaxxers won't change their mind. Now, as a science educator, um, I take exception to this, because I think that that's exactly the demographic that is the demographic that we need to educate. So we need to satisfy their concerns, we need to um, trick them into thinking and asking questions and present data. And of course, it can feel like Sisyphus pushing up a rock, but that's the job. If you're a science educator, like we present, we present. I mean, most people need six touches to even begin to have a recall of anything. So nobody said being a science educator or a medical professional would be easy. That's the demographic. Surely, maybe maybe as Jack Wells said, you spend the bulk of your time with the people that are ready to listen. They, there's even some great religious parables about that. Those, the laughers laughed, the criers cried. But that doesn't mean we write off the intractable demographic. Fred Rogers wrote the great book on adoption theory, and they had to go into the South American tribes again and again and again. It wasn't until they got somebody from inside the tribes to say that if you boil the water, sickness will decrease because to those tribes, they associated heat with sickness. Hmm. So it was a very difficult uphill climb. Of course, that's the job. Yeah, you got to fight against traditions. And sometimes those traditions are put there because they're they make sense you know like not eating pork and that kind of thing i mean yeah you don't have refrigeration now i I know um there's some people that take that that sort of thing and argue to extreme there's a there's a book out by um oh one of the weinsteins and and his wife about arguing that every tradition is there was selected for their wit that therefore we shouldn't um we, we shouldn't you know avoid any of them like we shouldn't we should just stick with traditions forever and, and now and, you know, nothing should change. And that's just a bunch of horseshit. But no, I, I wouldn't when it comes to social media and, and talking to people like that, um, I used to make the case that 
there's a strong incentive to shame people and to do it aggressively. And to be fair, the research, a lot of the research says that that doesn't change anybody's mind. But there, there's two factors that the research didn't didn't take into consideration. Well, a social media itself, because they're you know people are still thinking analog. You know, I'm talking to you, uh, so in, and not talking in front of an audience. And the second one is that that audience is is important, and social media, particularly Facebook, incentivizes and rewards you for those aggressive conversations for emotional content for things. And we found this out recently that some other data got like obtained by MIT guys. Um, and, and then the, the whistleblower that came out, uh, that came out is that Facebook specifically encourages people to see content that will I- elicit an emotional reaction, like make them angry. So even if, you know, that, that guy's having a shitty day, their, their algorithm is going to feed him something that's going to piss him off. And which is the model of a lot of like news channels these days, like Fox sure. News, Fox News gets it just lives on people that are just fucking angry. And, and and so if if you engage people like that, then you will pick off. I mean, yeah, it's a shitty battlefield and everyone's everyone's committing like just some sort of war crime in that context. But you're you're still gonna either win the battle or you're gonna lose the battle. So if if we're we're dropping nukes, you're dropping nukes. Our nukes are better. Then you know, okay, we're gonna win. And I don't feel bad about that because our nukes are for a good point. We're we're trying to stop people from getting fucking taken. I'd like to raise a counterpoint though. When we introduced nuclear armaments, um, conflict was reduced, not not increased of course we had some very tense moments but like when india and pakistan both got nuclear armaments all of a sudden a lot of the actual warring stopped humans aren't that stupid as it turns out yeah yeah but i i mean i I, in the context of i guess like a social media argument the the nuke would be i mean we we can't we can't hold that over someone's head that we're going to well shit what would what would be a good analogy for that i mean doxing somebody would that be the, the social media nuke I don't know. Oh, um, that that is horrible. Yeah, but I, I mean, I have an alternative idea, and that is, uh, the social media. It's not just human beings running this. There's algorithms. Yep. And those algorithms have intelligences, you know, and it's uh, almost like spirit. So, uh, I'm an atheist, as you know. So I don't know about uh, God and gods and all that stuff. But in the electronic mediums, those things exist. Those spirits do exist. I mean, then they're yeah. powerful. If you want to look at it that way, yeah. Okay, well, hey, somebody, we got a comment on Twitch. Yeah, uh, Moppy. Uh, fear sells. Yeah, fear fear does sell. Fear sells everything. Uh, I mean, from from guns, obviously, that's the, the thing. Home security systems to fear of not being taken seriously as a man. So instead of buying that Prius, you buy a truck. You buy a big honking truck because you're afraid that, you know, the your next date is going to assume that you're, you're poorly endowed. But if you got a truck somehow that correlates, except it doesn't, but in your head it does. So, I mean, it literally, they did a, was it Chevy that did this? They did a, an experiment there. The ad was the experiment. It was like a guy standing next to a, a regular sedan and a guy standing next to a, like a, a small truck. One of the, one of their S 10, I don't know what they're making these days. And then the, um, the, the the women were asked, well, which guy do you think is more attractive? Basically, it was the same guy. And so, yeah, it, they liked the guy with the truck. 
So, uh, yeah, and you're afraid of missing out. I have a question about trucks, you know. Um, there's an idea with diesel engines. If you get a diesel engine truck and you take care of it, it may last quite a long time, and there's some fuel efficiencies to diesel. But the environment, environmentalists have introduced some um, what they call cat piss or ammonia um, diesel regulators, you know, that are supposedly better for the environment, but they decrease the fuel efficiency. So my question is the data scientist, has anybody ever run studies to say, geez, is the uh, cat piss ammonia effect greater than the lost fuel efficiency? Because the more fuel you burn, you're, you're doing the same thing anyway. The more and then you have to mine, the more you damage the environment yeah. to extract the... the... God, so I'm I, confused. I mean, on that topic, I am... I, I think that we should we should have a nuclear power plant in every damn town, but you're uh, goddamn right. Somebody said you want one in your backyard. I said yes, I do. Give me a thorium one. I put it right in my garage. Yeah, no, I mean they're, they're, they're trying. <laughs> the, the technology has come a long way, and if if we can get them just so that you bury it, you know, twenty feet down, and it it just leaks energy, and that's what it does, then fuck yeah. I mean. Please, I mean, and I'm saying that, yeah, I'm saying that as somebody that got leukemia from prolonged exposure to uh, huge levels of radiation. I mean, so I'm, I'm still pro nuclear. Fuck yeah, by the numbers. There is somebody that wants to quote you on that somewhere. There's some policy wonk <laughs> that that is looking for you and just doesn't know it yet. So, oh yeah, and then we're back to the fear thing. Moppy's he's a couple seconds behind on the Twitch. He, he's said, yeah. The, Trump came down the escalator and, and like opened up with, yeah, Mexicans are coming to take your shit and, and rape your kids. Basically. I, that's not a direct quote. So uh, maybe I'm being a little bit unfair there, but you know, it's Trump. So uh, by the way, um, the shirt, I don't know if you guys can see this because it, on my screen, it looks backwards, but in case anybody's missing it, Atropia is a fictional country. We invade for our, our exercises for our- in, in Germany, right? Uh, well, it's just in some nebulous part of the world that is not necessarily okay. yeah. yeah, it's not set to offend anyone because <laughs> and, and that's, <laughs> that's an improvement over previous uh, generations, which I thought, I thought historically it was like a, the, the fictional thing was an attachment to Germany or something when they originated this concept. Yeah, that, maybe, maybe. Uh, but I think they I mean, I don't think we were too worried about offending the Germans anymore. I think the Germans are just like they're like, OK, yeah, we're, we deserve it. But. If anybody remembers the 80s, though, there was a this is how far we've come a progress. It's a good thing. Um, I remember an episode of Transformers. I watched this as a kid when it aired um, where for some reason it was in the Middle East and the country. Oh, he's chasing his guy. The country they were trying to uh, the, the Decepticons were taking over or something was literally called Carbombia. Car bomb That's horrible. And and then there was a panel from that show. It was like uh Carbombia. Population. Like ten thousand people, twenty thousand camels. It was the most racist shit I've ever seen. And even me growing up not knowing anything, just being a dumb, poor white kid in rural Texas, was like, ooh, that's not okay. So well, I mean, I know you're familiar with this story, but some of the listeners may not be. They may not even. Uh, maybe they heard the song. Maybe they didn't. But that song by Nina Dobro of '99 Red Balloons, '99 Loop Balloons. Yeah, Loop Balloons. That's a great example. Yeah, that's a great example of um, all these systems that we're building. They have flaws, you know. Yeah, I, I got to mute Beaker because I mean his uh, chicken calls are, are kind of thing. Uh, I will unmute you uh, in a second. Um, but yeah, so you're, we got the chains. 
coming through. But yeah, no, 99 Luft Balloons. That was... And, and don't listen to that song in English. It's it's shit. So the, the German version is the only one that counts. So, the German right. version is very good. Yeah, I'm going to unmute him just... There we, oh. And ironically, as far as I know, that guy actually lived out his life in Siberia after preventing Armageddon. Like, that was his reward. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, so, uh, that was based on a true story. Now, I thought that that was um, on, on one end of the... It was just no, basically an allegory of, you know, hey, this shit's going to happen. Maybe we should, you know, not... That happened. There, there was the, the Soviet officer who designed the system... And Moscow said launch, and he said, I'm not going to execute that order. order. Okay. I designed the system. There's a flaw in the system. It was weather balloons. Yeah, that guy deserves it. It was not a print. A badass Hall of Fame mention. Because I'm thinking about that, firing that column back up. Yeah, as it often happens in real life, his reward, well, now you're going to Siberia. You disobeyed the order. It sets a bad precedent. Yeah. yeah but so but thank want- God for him. Live streaming the chickens of the potatoes in the blizzard preparations. That's this is awesome. But whatever. he's my hero. I mean, I, I, I'm uh, the wife and I are in negotiations for us to start gardening, maybe get some chickens. I used to have almost a thousand beehives in my property, so oh, I got to like uh, build her back up to that. You know, like she's got some issues with me and my hobby sometimes. Yeah, hey, you know what? Whatever uh, lets you survive. I live in Texas, so we're we're used to having the entire grid collapse. So I'm. I'm like five feet away from a, a diesel generator that is it diesel. No, it's gas. No, it's actually propane. Shit. I should know this. I bought it. Um, but just in case Greg Abbott oh, fucks us again. I pulled Ross, what are you going to do with, with all these uh, Californians? We got Tesla moving over there. What are some of the other companies that said they were moving over there? Uh, and uh, what do you think is going to happen in Austin? Shit, who is who's like moving? Down the, um, was it Samsung? Samsung, I think, is, is putting oh, in a factory. Not too far from 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 me. Holy maybe shit! It might maybe be. Maybe just let, let me put him over there right in front. Of you. No, I'll get that blanket. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, I'm, gonna... I'm I'm sitting over here. I'm so bitter that that Smith and Wesson moved to Tennessee and not Florida. Uh, if I had direct access to DeSantis, I would have said, "Man, you should have went to Smith and Wesson and said, here's a blank piece of paper. Write in whatever you want. Come to Florida.' I would have loved to have had them. Yeah, but then they'd have to be in Florida. I'm just giving you shit. Um. Yeah, fair it's, enough, fair Samsung enough. is is set to build the largest, um, actually the largest uh, like new factory in Texas like ever built. So some some massive thing. It's it's up in uh, I think Taylor, which is it's a cute little town actually. It's it's pretty low key still. It's do you, rem- do you remember that movie Gung Ho with Michael Keaton? Are they going to like bring a, a bunch of Korean managers managing the Texas Texans? I vaguely remember problems? that. I doubt yeah. it i don't think that's how samsung does things in the u.s um i know somebody that interviewed at samsung once uh they were gonna under it, it, uh, it was actually my ex-wife uh, so no i'm not trying to be vague here but you know uh so they they underpay a lot of their their executives she was a junior executive um but um no they, they so they obviously they hire like you know the people that live there uh so but i think that that sounds more like a toyota thing uh, but to, well, to their credit, Toyota shit works. I'm going to be racist for a second. There's there's three ethnicities, if I'm oh, in their yeah. locale particularly, I never try to keep up with when I'm drinking. The Koreans, the Poles, and the Russians. I don't even try. I've done it before. It's just hurt me. They really can drink. 
Yeah. Well, I don't think it's racist if you're paying them a compliment. I, I think it's only racist if you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not even going to say something, give an example in a, in a funny voice. Cause it, that'll still come back to haunt me. Um, oh, oh so apparently I'm looking the chat. Um, Samsung already has a chip plant in Austin. Yeah. But I think this one is going up in Taylor and it's going to be massive, which, you know, well, that's great because Tesla. there's been a lot of supply chain shortages for chips. It's been a big deal. Yeah, well, I mean, Texas is, is like the new Silicon Valley, which is weird because I lived in the old Silicon Valley during that boom, uh, but I didn't buy a house because I had just got out of the army, and God, if if I had... No, I, I wouldn't have been able to afford it back in, like, 2000 either, so shit. I, um, do you think that diversity of culture is going to be a good melting pot, or what do you think the consequences will be? I think Texas is not something you can easily nailed down as to what it's going to do one way or another. It's, it's so weird, especially the Austin area for like decades. It has been in sort of a dynamic tension between the blueness and the fucking weirdness of Austin. And then the surrounding, um, Texas, uh, the real Texas. And so it's, it's been a tension that just can, it works out. It works sort of, you know, I mean, you drive, you drive into Austin and you see a dude uh, in a thong on a unicycle downtown. And then you drive literally 10 minutes on the right road. And, you know, you might not want to be there after dark if um, you're of a darker persuasion. Let me ask you a question. So if you were in Houston or we were in Houston, you could take a trebuchet and 360 degrees, no matter which direction you fired a rock, you'd hit a church. Is Austin the same way? Uh, no, it's not that bad. It's not as bad. Um, and... Of course, if you're religious, then, you know, it's not, it's not that good, but you know, I'm not, so (laughs) it's bad, but no, it's, it's really Austin's pretty secular. Austin ish area is pretty secular. Now, if you, if you drive out, yeah. if you drive out of Austin, you go to like, um, towards, uh, Fredericksburg, which is where all the, the, the winos fucking go. Cause it's like a little wine sort of part of Texas. Literally saw a dude walking around with like a, a, a chalice on a necklace but it was for wine because they were just sampling all the wines. In, in Austin, can you buy booze on Sundays? I think they just, I'm, I don't know. I don't drink. So um, I think they just you don't drink. Up. Wow. I, I drink occasionally and I either don't drink at all because I don't have like a, a taste for it. I, I like mead or like single malt scotch. That's it. But um, yeah, so the, one of the two, but I mean, other, other than that, I don't go after But yeah, they're um, anyway, getting back to the point. Kerrville, which is not too far from Austin. uh. You drive out there and you look up off the main highway. There's this giant, massive, looming cross over the entire town. It's just standing on a hill, like almost like a like a threat. So there, the rest of Texas is is very deep red. So, but then I, I haven't reviewed the stats. So I grew up. Uh, I've spent some time in the Bible Belt, which was interesting because I was atheist. My family was Catholic, and and a lot of the community was evangelical. So do they just threaten that people will burn in hell if they don't believe or are there violent hate crimes associated with it? Uh, I mean, I think there's a there's an intersection of like just hate in general for other for the other for the you're not like us. Uh, And that that's tradition for Texas. Hippies got their ass kicked a lot in in rural parts of Texas. You know, um, my first uh, the first uh, Christmas I moved back to Texas. I was actually in Kerrville for a while and I swear at least twice, at least twice within the, that tiny span I was out there. They, um, 
I, I heard somebody tell a cashier in a very aggressive voice, Merry Christmas, you know, and I don't even remember them saying happy, happy holidays. It was just, I am so on edge about the potential of you saying happy holidays or not acknowledging Christmas that I'm going to get uh, about it. You know, uh, I'm very merry. Santa's now, in fairness, I, I do know some members of the Christian community that are, are chill. I mean, like, they're like, this is what we believe, and we're not going to push on the tears. PKR. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it is what it is. Hey, so let me ask you another question related to your discipline. So, they're opening the kimono now. There's going to be more psychoactive research. And what if we find these are miracle drugs? What if we find that these really push the needle way beyond placebo? Maybe, I'm, I'm being optimistic, hmm. but uh, so many of the antidepressants don't do much better than placebo. Um, what if we find these psychoactives do do much better than placebo like lithium. I have like a two prong sort of, my, my brain is split down the middle uh, on something. One, I don't like the idea of medicating people without the hardest hard science, like to prove it. I like, uh, well, psychologically too, because I mean, you are your brain. Your, your brain is you, your identity, your everything. And so when you I start, make a point, by the way, go ahead. you're the only branch of medicine that doesn't do an objective diagnostic chemical or blood chemistry test before you prescribe a pill. I mean, it's it, there's so few ways of doing that in a good uh, way that you can a, 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 a diagnostic way because I mean, it's still we're we're just freaking toddlers when it comes to that that sort of thing. We're we're nowhere near. We've got another fifty years to go unless AI just starts doing it for us. But we're yeah, but, brain chemistry is fucking. Imagine if we could map the entire brain and every connection in it, and it would be on an individual basis because nobody's brain is the same. Ah, fuck. Interesting. How many years we need to do that? We'll see. Yeah. Well, I, I actually, I, I've said this publicly. I think within five to 10 years, there will be humanoid form factor robots that will take your parents' vitals, make sure they take their meds, nanny your kids in the ideology you want them nanny. Huh. They'll make a sandwich, and they'll be the price point of a low end motorcycle. And they'll be as common as big screen TVs. Yeah, I mean, I don't That's think that's my official prediction. I, I don't think they'll they'll be sentient in that sense. They'll just be highly, highly sc scripted, and you know, the, their decision tree for interacting with people will be like the the size of uh, the national archives. So, I although mean, I'm going to challenge you a little bit, imagine Sophia the robot in five years. The, the ability to pass a touring test, hold a conversation, be almost good. And then when you combine the massive monies in the adult entertainment industry yeah, no, to make something that looks and moves. That was exactly in my head. Dudes are going to fuck it. But it doesn't matter how sophisticated it is. If it resembles a female, there, there's going to be someone that, that's trying to yeah, fuck but it. I, I want to remind you of something. If we took the, the monies put forward by uh, George Lucas and we combine them with the monies put forward with the adult entertainment industry, that's what brought us YouTube because of the video compression algorithm. So these monies that the adult entertainment industry will put into robotics will allow the vet to have the economy of scale to get an arm that looks like an arm and actually moves like an arm. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I think I am, uh, I flirt with the idea, and it appeals to me, of transhumanism. Now, I'm not like all Kurzweil, you know, whatever, in that, you know, Kool-Aid drinking camp, but I, I like the idea of being able if it's safe and secure and there's no real downside and I can't be, you know, I can't have a Russian hacker turn me into a fucking, you know, kill bot by, by getting into my head. I like the idea of just having a, an onboard 
ability to search everything without having to pull out my phone. I, I like shit like that. I think that we're just a transitional species on a, on a long timetable. Otherwise, we're, we're not going to make it. We are not going to make it. We're just, we're fucking animals. We are not, evolution has not programmed us for the world we live in now, and much yeah, less not, the future. If I'm not mistaken, in my memory, Ray Bradbury wrote The Martian Chronicles, and I don't think he was talking really about the uh, demise of the Martians. I think he was talking about our demise. I believe that. I, it's been, I read those as a teen. I, it's been so long. I, I am like sort of on the foundation thing, though, because I'm waiting to watch it. I've heard not so great things about the new show, but, but I am such a huge nerd for that kind of stuff. It's, sure. it's such a 10,000-foot concept for a show, for, for, a, for a book. And I don't even know how the, the dude pulled it off, but he, he did. I mean, I could never even think about writing something that ambitious. It's like a dude predicts the entire course of humanity, and here, here we go. Let, let's see how it plays out. Fuck. So I'm, I'm going to put in a plug for the uh, Wes Anderson movie coming out this month. I like Wes Anderson movies, and he's doing another one uh, called The French Something, you know, so it's coming out this month. I'm very excited to see it. Okay. You ever saw like the uh, Royal Tenenbaums and, yeah. and some of his other movies, Rushmore and all that stuff. I really like his movies. I, I, I think, uh, and to some of those, I, I, I've watched them. I, I had an ex-girlfriend that would try to get me into one of them. Was it, was, was he responsible for that? Was it the Mr. Fox one? As, cause that, that yes. Seems, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. So we watched that and I was like, okay, I, I, I get it, but it just didn't resonate with me. And I think it's just because, I mean, I honestly, I grew up poor white trash. So we, we had... Yeah, a lot of the experiences in those, some of those, you have to have sort of a cultural capital and familiarity with. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, there was we we were not the royal Tenenbaums. So I was just not even, but I'm I'm with you. Before my 17th birthday, I moved out of my parents' house. My job was at a farm slash slaughterhouse. I was castrating pigs and shoveling shit. So yeah. I get it. I mean, yeah, I joined. On the other hand, for some strange reason, I like those movies. No, I mean, I I will at some point go back and watch them, and they'll probably click with me now that I'm like upper middle class and you know i i have a, a wider social circle and more experience with life but just i didn't have the background when i was first exposed to him so i mean yeah the it's bill murray in a in a in a submarine or you know the grand budapest hotel or that kind of thing I'm like i love those movies uh, okay well, well, the, the, the moonrise kingdom was very very i love that movie but i'm troubled that i love it because there were some scenes in there where they had the kids dancing naked and i was like it's i, I think he pulled it off as art but it's normally a type of subject where I'm very like, no, don't do that. But like that, that was a very risque movie that he made for me. Fuck. We lost. Because Beaker. he had that scene. Yeah. Yeah. He'll, he'll come back. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I had him because he was just talking to his cats. Cause I mean, I guess. So Frost, do you think that we, and this comes back to that scene with the matrix where he's talking with the Oracle. It's, it's an old argument, but I thought they presented it really well. Um, do you think that we make decisions or do you think that, we had already made the decisions and we just try to rationalize them. I, I think it's the latter. I, I really do. Based on everything that I, I've been paying attention to lately. I, I think some extent we, we don't, or we make decisions to not do things, but we don't make decisions to do things. It's like the, we have the impulse to do all the shit that we do, but we can resist the impulse in some cases where we have been better conditioned. And I, I made this case in that um, sexual sorrow article to an, to a smaller extent that people can, can be socialized or trained or taught or just like learn that, that certain behaviors are not appropriate. But in the absence of a society that teaches us that those, those things are not appropriate, you're going to do it. Like for the best example for that is potty training, a child, a toddler, 
You know, because the natural impulse is to just, okay, I gotta go. And then make a funny face. But we learn at an early age that, no, there is a proper context in which you can do that. And that's impulse control. So it's not so much of a free won't as it is a will as it is a free won't. And so Deuteronomy has a great verse about that. You had to go a certain amount of paces from the camp to take a shit and bury it. I thought that was a very useful verse. Yeah. Well, I mean, you covered a lot of. You covered a lot of ground on that post, so I want to say two things. The first is to uh, address the more academic point. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, evidence to suggest that the best mathematicians were intuitive. And I found that to be true with some of my friends who have PhDs in math from MIT. They're intuitive about math. So that's kind of telling regarding do we make decisions or were our decisions already made based on our electricity and our chemistry and we just rationalize why we made them. But now I want to talk a little bit about that that sex predator case since you brought it up. <laughs> now, I knew Marcel Konkalvich very well. I coached against him many times, but even as I coached against him, I mentored him on judo a little bit, and I rooted for him. And when he went to have his tournament with a very interesting rule set, I sponsored that tournament, and I loved him. I loved him in my heart. And then that thing happened that he did, and I had to harden my heart against him. And I, I know Cyborg, and I love Cyborg. Outside of this incident, Cyborg is a very sweet man. He's a very genuine man. He's a very sincere man. But this, there's that old gag. You can be a philanthropist. You can be a great father. You can be a great community member, but you fuck one goat. Yeah. And what you are, yep. the, yeah. I'm not so, Bob the Bridge Builder. Yeah. It, it breaks my heart because I know Cyborg has all these other qualities, but I also know because of this, you fucked up anything to do with being in a leadership role. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm just opening my own kimono and saying this breaks my heart. It, broke my heart when Marcel did it, and then I had my heart. And it breaks my heart that guys like Wagner and Cyborg have found themselves in this situation due to the choices they have made, and due to that one fatal flaw, like a Greek tragedy, it disqualifies them from so many things. Yeah. And I, I, I expect the public to say, no, they're disqualified. It still breaks my heart. Yeah, no, and you, you have to. I mean, you're morally obligated to, because if somebody has such an egregious breach of like behavioral restraint, then yes, you they're they are likely to do it again. And there's I mean there's so much data to support like sex offenders reoffending. So I mean that that's kind of a problem. But I I mean if you go to the issue of free will, and I am not making the case that these people are blameless. They're absolutely blameful. That's not a word. But you you can blame them, and so, but you have to have a little bit of empathy for God. There there is no good way of putting this. It's not going to get my ass dragged, and rightly so. So I, I'm not going to complete the thought. But I obviously the victims' empathy for the victim is much more important. But yes, it's, you you have to be able to understand. Not so. Let's not use the word empathy because that's a little bit too much. You have to. Yes, yeah, it's a breach of trust, as Moppy just said. You're but you um you have to be able to see that situation through a lens of the fact that people are weak and people have every now and then there is a moment where someone has a moment of weakness unfortunately when it comes well, let's take an example from the military or something else i mean as as jack well said some some things are worthy of a public crucifixion so it, from a utilitarian perspective, drawing from those ethics, the consequences of a minor being assaulted are so bad 
yeah. that sometimes the sacrifice has to be made. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. I mean, then we get into the, the, the top of, of the death penalty, which I, I have a weird take on it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. People are human, but uh, I, I, I have a, I am not opposed to the death penalty as much as I am to the fact that it is a penalty and who is administering it. So it's, it's weird. It's like, and, and I think the, my, my biggest influence on this was, was of all people, Penn and Teller or well, Penn Gillette, Cause I mean, it was Teller. Teller doesn't very make very many strong cases as, as you know, um, his arguments are, are, are pretty, pretty subtle. Um, but the idea that, irrespective of whether or not a person deserves to be killed or should be killed for the good of society, our government is probably not the best or any government is rarely the the best agency to be responsible for, for that kind of thing. Cause I mean, think about it or they fuck up constantly. How many pe- innocent nor people have mob, been killed? But nor, nor, nor is, yeah. But nor is a mob with pitchforks and torches yeah. and, a, and a rope. So, I mean, in some some ideal universe, there there still is an argument for a death penalty, but we are nowhere near an ideal universe where it comes to executing it, executing as in taking the action, not executing as a killing, but also killing. So we're 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 not capable of handling that moral responsibility. If there was a absolutely perfectly moral being who could make that decision and calculate all the possible outcomes and, and, and sort of things, then there would be an argument that justifies a death penalty uh, in that situation, which is also frightening because then you start thinking, Hey, well, what if we develop an AI that, to decide? So I don't know, man. Yeah. I mean, I've got mixed views about the death penalty because we do kill quite a, quite a large number of innocent people. However, there are things like pedophilia where I'm not sure it can be cured. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. I actually want to go down a different rabbit hole since I coincidentally have your ear on something. Okay. You've oh. done a lot of good work with Bullshito. I don't, I've never said that to you before. Oh, well, and thank you. Deserve you. To be, uh, you, you deserve to have it said. Um, that You're being said. Coming. <laughs> no, no, I'm a late. I'm a, no, no there, there, there's, there's really not. I'm a latecomer to Bullshito. I was, I was actually doing Gracie Challenge fights. Uh, before there was a Bullshito, when I came to Bullshito, I came because I was summoned, and I was summoned multiple times, so I came. And then I did my best bringing my clown act, my my heel act stuff from the professional wrestling and all that stuff, and the academic stuff and the Gracie Jiu-Jitsu stuff. Yeah. And I did the best I could playing the roles and the hats. But I will say this. I don't like martial arts cultiness. And I don't like... Uh, my family is Catholic, and like, so, my family members, some of them are so Catholic, and I, I love the traditions, and I hate... The cultiness, you know, the, the sex abuse and the cover-up. And uh, if I offend you guys because you're Catholic, I apologize. But I will say this. It's the same thing I say to my gyms. We want people to tell us to fuck off. And I would invite you to consider that. I know you already have with Bullshito. If we don't invite internal criticism and we don't invite criticism of ourselves, we become the cults we claim to oppose. Yeah. No, exactly. Okay. And when it comes to Bullshito, yeah, sure. Uh, I think that we have established that that sort of norm for our own little subculture that, uh, you know, I, w- a couple of years back uh, we had some dude and I think he he's some creepy fuck that, that moved to, um, what was it? Thailand. He, he lived in Thailand. He, he was trying to get some sort of notoriety in the martial arts community, but you know, whatever. Uh, I think the guy's real name was, I don't, cause I don't give a shit about doxing you. Fuck you guy. Um, was Brian Lee. 
Uh, he went by like AR549 on the forums. But, um, oh, somebody's like, the discussion's lagging. Uh, sorry, dude. Um, so, shit, I have to edit this out in the thing. Anyway, uh, AR549, uh, Brian Lee said, oh, well, Frost says he was in the military, so let's, you know, I want to see his documents in one of the investigation threads on the forum. So I was like, okay, I got my happy ass up, walked over to the little cabinet, like scanned all the fucking things and posted them, and the thread's still on there somewhere. And I was like, here, here you go. Here's my expert weapons qualification. Here's my, my, I don't think I posted my DD-214, but I posted, like, my promotion orders uh, and, and, like, all, all kinds of shit. I, like, I was like, and everybody was like, okay, yeah, <laughs> fuck you guy. You just said, that's how you do it. And so, no, I mean, that that's, that's what it is. That's why I, I think, obviously I have never made any, I mean, personally, let's, let's make this personal. I have never made any, um, exaggerations about my fighting prowess. I'm 0-2 in MMA. I think Sherdog even has me with one less loss on there. I think I'm just 0-1 on there, but yeah, so I'm not. I am, if I was going to measure myself against the average person on the street, yeah, I'm, I'm confident I can, I can handle myself. Uh, but against anybody that's like decent in a, and actually a mixed martial arts. Yeah, no, I fuck it. So calling bullshit on everyone, there was never an exemption for anything. And so the only way any of this shit gets better. And by this shit, I mean this shit, the, the entire universe is if people care more about, making it better about understanding why it's bad or what it is. And just at the baseline, understanding what's going on. Then they care about being, you know, whatever status or, uh, respect or something like that. I have, um, I never wanted to be the face of this fucking organization. Cause honestly, I mean, I, I, I don't want to be the face of anything, but it's just, I, I ended up being good at it and we, we rallied a bunch of fucking great people to do good things. And so uh, it's one of those things. Um, yeah. So with medium power comes some responsibility. Uh, yeah. And the other, the other assurance I would say to you is I'm not advising you to drink bitter drinks that I don't drink myself. If you were to interview the people in my lineage for like that are black belts and gray Jiu Jitsu, some of them will say I'm an asshole. Maybe most of them. Some of them will say, well, he did these other things that were that were not asshole-ish. But all of them will say, I've never been a guy that, that told anybody they couldn't tell me to fuck off. Disagree with me. Don't believe anything I say unless you can prove it for yourself. Yeah, exactly. Whether that be political, business, anything. Yeah, I remember, what is it, Missouri's motto was the show me state, which is funny because I, I lived in Missouri for like a decade, uh, and those guys don't really care about evidence. Um, so their, their COVID cases are super high, uh, but whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, I want to talk to you about that though. I'm disturbed because I, I work with HIV patients during the, the entire Bush senior administration and a tad of the Reagan administration. We can't celebrate these people's suffering. Like in, as somebody in the state of Florida, I was advocating for vaccines, you know, please governor be transparent, you know, great for reinforcing ICU capability, but could you release the data, all that stuff, you know, left, right on, with my hands, you know, worn, worn, uh, uh love. Yeah, but we, we can't celebrate the dumbasses dying. We can't celebrate any state. We like their politics, don't like their politics, politics uh, doing worse. We're all in this together. Yeah, I no, this I, is a primordial titan we're dealing with. I understand that 
that that point on like three different levels. So let me let me see if I can like work them all out. Um, so on the first level, there's the moral case for just not being a fucking asshole. You know, people are suffering, and then so you don't want to you know kick somebody while they're down. That's just that's just dude code. So, but the second case is that uh, on a much more basic level, these people that are are victims. They're victims of not just catching a virus, but not being educated or being miseducated to not believe that they need to take care of the damn, the be take precautions against it. So, I mean, yeah, I, I am guilty of like, haha, yeah, this, this anti-vaxxer just, you know, got, you know, throat shoved or tube shoved down their throat. Haha, gag on it. I'm motherfucker. guilty of many things as well, for sure. We all are. But, but I mean, on, on that level. So yeah. And then on the, the third level, you, you don't want to be that guy that, is doing those things because shit happens to you and you're going to get it back at some point. I'm not saying karma is a thing. I'm saying that uh, maybe we'll, we'll just quote the, you know, the Jesus here and don't throw fucking rocks, uh, glass houses. If you're not the first one to commit a sin, I, I don't know. I've, I haven't been to church since I was a kid, but, um, but you, you know what I'm saying here? So there, there's a personal responsibility to not be, uh, uh, be another agent of suffering in this fucking world. And then you have to understand that these people, some of them think that they are making the right decision. They, they think that they are. Yeah. Empathy Empathy is in short supply. Yeah. And so it takes, especially in this thing, this is a point that I make constantly that I'm trying to like get through to like the, the dude zeitgeist out there is like it being a dick doesn't take any effort at all. There's no, there's no power behind it. It makes you feel powerful, but there's no power. It takes a lot of strength to be kind, to be. Well, you're right. You're you're damn right about that. Now now I feel like that all the time. You can be nice. Like, but anyone can be nice. Uh, Being nice is something that people do in the absence of strength to, to keep themselves from being fucking trampled on. You're nice to the, to the guy, the boot above your head in the hopes that the boot doesn't come crashing down. Kindness is being the boot and deciding not to step. So yeah, you're right. I'm actually going to have to write that down somewhere. Cause that, that's a really no, that, good, that's a good one. That's a good one. You should write it down after this podcast. Don't uh, forget to, do I'm, I'm going to throw it on Twitter and see what, what those, those people think about it. Cause yeah, I, I was lucky myself as a young, young person because I was a child and my dad one day, you know, was in his towel, he got out of the shower and he did this. Because he was a Vietnam vet who lost his left eye to a grenade. Yeah. And he said, you see this? He goes, everybody thinks, he was pointing at the eye that was yeah. not. I, you know, I got both mine. But he said, everybody thinks bad things happen to the other guy. We all get a turn at being the other guy, son. And yeah. that's what I thats what I think. No. I, I, whether I whether it's due to our choices or just nature. And in the end, we all die. We're all humans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, life, life is a fucking roller coaster of suffering. So let's just not make it more... Let's not add to that shit for everybody else. So, and then there's people that are going to listen to this segment. And they're going to be like, oh, and they're going to, in the back of their mind, there's like, well, that just sounds weak, man. I'm very strong. People do strong things. Man, fuck you, dude. Seriously, get over it. That's, that is what people mean by toxic masculinity. It's like, if you don't have enough strength, certainty in who you are as a dude to, to be kind, then yeah, you're, you're fucking, you're, you're sent, you're, actions of trying to perform your masculinity are, are are toxic because you're you're fucking poisoning everyone else around you so i guess we should wrap well, I, it I up find these 
Go ahead, go ahead. Well, I'm going to add Get one that last thing. Point in. I find these conversations about masculinity and also the transgender thing to be interesting. See, I'm a leukemia patient, and the chemotherapy absolutely destroyed my testicles. I'm, I'm chemically castrated, and I tell people this Ouch. because there's other cancer patients in my situation. I'm one of the only guys my age, by the way, 50, that I, you know that I know of in the competitive combat sports. I'm not taking testosterone. I'm content to be who I am. I find these these conversations to be confusing. Be who you are, if you can. Be content to be who you are, and uh, try to be kind to everybody. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I don't have anything to add. I'm to not that. ashamed of who I am, and I accept you for who you are, whoever you are. Just be you. <laughs> yeah, I, I have nothing to add to that. And yeah, we'd we'd have a much less fucking miserable world, and, and this this absurd existence that we're all stuck in uh, one way or another as a can, can could all be a lot easier if we just get over our, our own bullshit.